Welcome back to another episode of Living Free with RP. I'm your host, the Tubiac Maniac, and today we've got Avalash, or as his friends call him, Av. His journey begins just going in for a routine eye exam. And now he's here to tell, you know, his story, and it's an awesome one. So enjoy Avalash's journey. Alrighty. Well, I just want you to say thank you for taking the time out today. Um, you know, it means a lot to me and uh, I really appreciate it. So uh, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely, Michael. Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, it's my honor to be on, actually. And uh, before we start, I, I just want to say that I got a chance to listen in to some of your episodes and, um, you know, the platform you're giving to our RP community and the stories that you're sharing. Uh, it's incredible. I mean, it gives me so much strength, gives me a lot of um, confidence knowing that we have a whole community behind us that everybody's at a different stage and everybody's kind of finding a way to see the light, you know, at the end of the tunnel. Oh, <laughs> for yeah, lack of better right. words. <laughs> uh, so I just, just want to start off with a big thank you to you and your team. Um, what you guys are doing is incredible. I, I love it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I appreciate it. That's what, uh, that's what keeps me going, <laughs> you know? That in between this and the and doing the RP show with uh, my friend Steve Johnson, so those are uh, the positive feedback always uh, keeps us going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it wasn't up until very recently um, that I even found out that there was this huge RP community uh, globally. Uh, you know, I was diagnosed in 2015, and um, you know, for the first four or five years, it was it was a struggle just accepting RP. Uh, I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, you know, just dealing with the mental repercussions of finding out you have a disease later on in life and uh, no family history, so no one to really ask questions to. Uh, I was lost there for a second, and um, it wasn't up until just before the pandemic started uh, last year that, uh, you know, someone was like, hey, there's this, you know, Facebook group um, with RP, maybe you might get some information from it. And I remember getting on there and just seeing, like, people share their stories and I'm reading along and I'm like, oh my God, I hate wet floor signs, you know, <laughs> like, like, oh my God, handshakes are the worst. I thought I was the only one. And, and immediately right. I was yeah. like, oh man, we, we're out there. We're out there. So, uh, you know, it's, it's oh, yeah, wonderful that, to see that. That stuff, uh, we, we may all have different, uh, you know, how our RP is affecting us is all, you know, kind of different because of genes and all that stuff. But right. the one thing we can all relate to is always, yeah, wet floor signs and, and the handshakes and the fist bumps and the high fives and, and all those socially awkward things and feeling yeah. like you're a, you're a jerk because, you know, you didn't see someone waving at you. Right. 
Right. So when actually when the pandemic started, I was like, oh great, I don't have to shake hands anymore. Um, oh, it's you know, beautiful. For, <laughs> for for a while there, I was a branch manager for a bank. Um, you know, so I was the person that you know people were coming, my customers are coming yeah. in, I'm oh, shaking yeah. hands every day. Yeah. You know, making eye contact, all those all those uh, difficult you know tasks for us. And as soon as the pandemic hit, I was like, oh thank God, I don't have to shake hands oh, anymore. So, so- <laughs> Social, we, we've been wanting to social distance for a long time. So, uh, very, very we're, so. We're, 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 we're down with that. Like, okay, I don't, I mean, I'm good with a bow, you know, just. Yeah, very I, much so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. We could do that. Yeah. So, uh, introduce yourself to everybody, uh, sure. you know, a little bit about our family and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about uh-huh. yourself. Sure, absolutely. So uh, my name is Avalash Purification. Um, my parents are from Bangladesh. So in Bang- for all my Bengali listeners, anybody from my community that's going to listen to this, Ovilash Purification is the way to say it from Bangladesh. Uh, I was born and raised in Berlin, Germany. Um, so any of my friends and family listening to this back in Germany or around Europe, Avalash Purification is how they know me. Uh, and then Avalash is how my, all my friends here know me, Av for short. Um, a little bit about me, I am the first and only one in my family that has RP, I'm the lucky one. Um, I'm 31 years old now, and I found out about six years ago, so when I was 25. Uh, <clears throat> story about me, when I was born in Berlin, uh, one of my eyes didn't move at all, it was my right eye. Um, so I was kind of born with just, you know, vision problems from, from the very start. Um, and kind of the work around around that was, you know, they put like a filter on my glasses, on my on my right one. So I use it less or more. And, they, you know, the doctors went through whatever they went through. Uh, and then growing up, I've always worn glasses since I was you know, six months old. Um, and I never really noticed, uh, you know, I'm sure I had RP symptoms early on. Maybe some night blindness or maybe, you know, missing uh, something in my peripherals. Uh, but, you know, I always chalked it up to, well, I wear glasses. This is just how it is. This is how everybody sees. Um, and it wasn't until 2015, uh, by accident, that I actually found out. I went in for a routine eye checkup, and uh, you know, my doctor at Kaiser Permanente taking a look into my eyes, and he says, uh, "Hey, I see something, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't make sense." And called another doctor over, and they're you know taking a look into my eyes, dilated my pupils, and they're like, "Well, we can't diagnose you here. We don't know what's going on." So I'm sitting there, I'm freaking out. I'm like, what do you mean? I came in for my yearly checkup. You know, it's part of my insurance. <laughs> I got to do this so I can get my points. Um, so I was sent over to the NIH uh, in Bethesda, Maryland, which really close to where I live. And I found out later uh, happened to be one of the more, um, you know, research heavy facilities that you can go to in the, in the world. Um, so I go to NIH and uh, they pretty much know what's going on. You know, bring on a Kaiser Permanente, tell them what's going on. And I walk in. Uh, and I'm not sure if you've gone through the test, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, I went to the NIH and I went through about eight, maybe nine hours of testing. Uh, it was terrible. <laughs> you know, all these drops in your eyes, lights flashing. And then, you know, just one of the tests was you put on these contact lenses that have electrodes connected to the contacts mm-hmm. and they shoot like lights through, you know, to your eyes. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is, can't be good for my health. You know, I feel like I'm at a, <laughs> at a EDM concert right now. Like, what are they testing? You know? <laughs> um, so long story short. So I came out of the NIH meeting and, uh, you know, at the end, the doctor pulled up this x-ray of my eyes and she was like, look, this is where your cells are supposed to be. And all the black spots are where the cells are missing. And, I couldn't really put my head around it. I couldn't really process it. And I remember going home and Googling what RP is and 
first thing I do is Google for a cure. Of course, there's nothing out there. Mm, and right. I kind of, and I think that kind of forced me to, to not explore it anymore, you know, not talk about it with my family, with my friends, uh, you know, not even follow up with the low vision specialist, none of it. I wasn't having it, you know, I was in denial. Uh, so I found out and, uh, you know, my, my life took a turn for the worse. Uh, you know, some of the things that I had to, to adjust was, you know, my driving was one of the first things I couldn't drive at night anymore. Um, you know, I couldn't uh, play the sports that I used to play and stuff like that. And, and uh, I, I want to say a lot of my anguish, a lot of my depression, a lot of the mental stuff, I just drank away. Uh, you know, I, I went into a downward spiral, just stopped working out, stopped, you know, really caring about my schooling or my job, really, and just went into a, a spiral where come home from work, you know, uh, I hide it all day at work, stressed out, you know, I'm working at a bank, I've been working at a bank for years, um, you know, all day is trying to maintain composure, maintain my posture, make sure nobody can tell, you know, <laughs> always with my head's on a swivel. <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> so it's like hyper hyper focus uh, i know i know you know what i mean um mm -hmm. you know for the listeners out there that maybe aren't too familiar you know friends or family when you have rp you're you're missing a lot of the world around you uh you know a lot of us deal with just gaps in our peripheral vision gaps in our central vision um so simple uh, you know a handshake or you know somebody handing you a piece of paper or something like that we miss it and when we're trying to hide it to the world around us, we have to be focusing on everything. We have to know exactly where all the furniture is in every single room we walk into. We have to know where everybody's sitting. We have to know the points of exit entry. So much so that it's sometimes hard for us to even focus on whatever the task at hand is, you know. Like I remember walking to a restaurant and being so stressed out about, you know, how am I going to get there? Uh, and then how am I going to find my seat? Uh, how am I going to order? How am I going to eat my food? Uh, by the time I left the restaurant, it was so stressful. I'm like, I can't wait to go home. I didn't even Where's the bathroom? <laughs> the bathroom was the worst. I'm holding it. I, uh, I always ask, like, that's the first thing I, I ask when I go to a new like, restaurant or something. Where's the bathroom? And can someone yeah. take me there? <laughs> I'll do like these. Um, for me, it's like I treat myself like, a, you know, how uh, as a little kid, before you go on a road trip, your mom's like, okay, did you use the bathroom? You're like, yeah. She's like, no, no, no. You go better go to the bathroom. You got something left in your tank. Was, you know. <laughs> Uh, lo and behold, yeah, you do have something left in your tank. How do mom know? <laughs> right. I know I, I put myself through that exercise. And, That's um, funny. Yeah. So, you know, for so anyways, back to the RP. So like, you know, after my diagnosis, it was just me hiding it from the world around me. Um, just kind of drinking away my sorrows. And uh, right before the pandemic started, uh, end of 2019, um, you know, things, the alcoholism, everything started to catch up to me, um, to my work, to my school, my personal life. And uh, somebody, my life changed. So somebody on Reddit sent me a thread and they were like, hey, I found this RP thread and there's a therapist on there who has RP and who specializes in RP. Um, and I, at first, you know, therapy wasn't my thing. I've tried therapy in the past before and just I had really bad experiences and just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, but, you know, I, I decided to give it a shot. Uh, it took me a couple months to reach out to her, you know, get everything, get the ball started. And I remember our first call, uh, was, was, you know, we we're talking and I'm like, you know, I'm telling her where, where I am and I kind of ask her how far her progression is. And she stops for a second and, and, uh, and I tell her something on the lines of like, I don't know if, I don't know how I'm going to live my life. Um, 
I have no idea what to do. And she told me, Ab, you're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. And of course, all my friends and family have told me that before, but when it came from her, her and you know, she's 20 years uh, older than I am, she's already, you know, past the progression where I'm at, past the stage where I'm at right now, you know, coming from her, it changed everything for me in that one call, in that instant. And I believed her. I was like, oh, well, you're telling me I'll be all right because you have the same thing I do and, and, and you went through it. Well, I guess I can do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that feeling that she gave me that, uh, you know, that feeling of that I have a plan, that there will be a plan, that, you know, I will have a future, that feeling of just comfort, of confidence. I don't, there's not one word to describe it. That inspired me, Michael. And I actually um, went back to school to become, to study psychology. And I want to become a therapist just like her. And I want to be able to provide that sense of relief, you know, to others in the world. There you go. That's awesome. Thank you. I find that interesting though, because, you know, it's like people uh, like you and other people who don't have, like, you're the only ones that have it Mm -hmm. tend to go through the same struggle that you're going through. They all, you know, because there's nothing to look back and go or look, ask somebody, Hey, you know, I'm experiencing this. Did you experience this? And then, you know, you, you know, like I had my mom, so it's, it was never, I never had these feelings. Cause I always had someone mm-hmm. that I looked at who is, you know, my mom always has rocked it. You know, she's always been mm-hmm. mom, you know, I never saw her struggle really. And I'm sure he, she struggled behind, you know, closed doors. Maybe, uh, right. maybe she just didn't want me to see that. Um, but yeah, she's gone to, you know, she's always gone to groups and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when you have somebody in the family that has it, you're just so low key about it. Whereas people who just find out that they have this and be like, it's, it's, it's like being punched in the face. Exactly. You know? And, and cause it's like, where'd this come from? Wait a second. You know? And then, yeah, you, you, you instantly think, Oh, my life's over. And it's, mm-hmm. it's tough for me. Like, and when I started this podcast, it's tough for me to really uh, like, I didn't realize how fortunate I was until I started this podcast and started talking to people like you and stuff like that. And realizing that, you know, if you have people in your family to really, you know, have a team or a brother, or, uh, you know, because I've had people on the show who had brother mm-hmm. that had it or a sister that had it and they just, you know, you just cruise, you know, right. You don't really worry about it. Whereas, you know, when, you, when it's just you, yeah, you're, you have to do all this research and figure out stuff <laughs> and, you know, a lot of trial and error. I had a guy just like you actually, who did the same thing was go, literally going in um, for an eye checkup. You know, and he yeah, like at a, at a at a Costco's, I think he went to a Costco's just to get like a you know a regular, just get an eye checkup. And the guy's just like, uh, yeah, you have something. You have some. I don't know if he got diagnosed there or if like the guy did diagnose him there or what. But he walked out with, you know, with that. You know, he didn't he didn't go in with just the you know the standard eye. Yeah, you know, it's I can't imagine that. Right. Me, it was just like. I'm just waiting for the diagnosis because I figure, you know, it's either me or my sister going to get it because it's a 50-50 shot. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, it just, it, it, it wasn't surprising. It didn't hit me that way. So right. I, I like talking to you guys and hearing you guys. And I think that's probably that, you know, your therapist saying that, like, that's exactly, you know, that, like my mom was my therapist. You know, it's like, I'm fine. I see my mom. I look, I'm good. My mom did all this stuff. I, I yeah, I'll be all right. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, and, and most of us, you know, we look at our parents growing up as, as our role models, as the strongest people in our lives. Oh, right. Um, you know, so no matter what they go through, whether it's, you know, they lost a job, 
And, you know, you watch them go through that. And later on in life, if you lose your job, you kind of know what to do. You kind of know the game plan. You watch your parents go through it. Um, mm -hmm. So when, you, you know, you apply that concept to even RP, uh, you know, having your mom or, you know, if other listeners out there that have their brothers or sisters, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a team effort. It's like, uh, you know, everybody's pulling the same direction with you. Right. Um, and, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, kind of your family and everything, but when it comes to resources, I, had, I was talking to my friend who lives in Dubai. Uh, we were on a phone call yesterday and I'm going to visit soon. And I was asking about guide dogs. I was like, hey, you know, by the time I come, I'm, you know, hopefully I have a guide dog. Uh, how difficult is it in Dubai to, to walk around with a guide dog? He was like, oh, you don't bring your guide dog. I was like, what do you mean? He said, dogs are not allowed anywhere. Um, and that's right. Like, yeah, I think I've heard about that. Even if you go to the really like, like low income area and you go to like a really low class, just normal restaurant, they won't let you walk in with a dog. And so I was like, okay, well, what do blind people do there? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, well, don't you see people with, don't you see <laughs> people canes, with canes walking around? You know, you live in Dubai, you've been there for five, six years. He's like, no, we don't see any blind people here at all whatsoever. Um, so just, I mean, even as I get more into my RP and I find out more about resources available to us and the ADA, you know, things like that here in the U.S., wow, oh my goodness, how lucky are we that, you know, even though we have RP, that we are in the United States right now. And, you know, we have these little things that we take for granted, um, you know, whether it's you press the sign to cross the street and there's an audible noise coming up mm -hmm. uh, or, or you walk into any, you know, uh, building like you know any building downtown dc or any downtown building there's usually a ramp for us or um there's usually braille on the elevator these little things that we kind of take for granted right um, but you know you go over to dubai or you go to like you know even europe which you know parts of europe are very are very fast forward they don't really have ada in in mind when it comes to uh, the society or you know the government at all <laughs> so you know, it's it's incredible to you know we have to kind of count our blessings and i feel like once you, you know, if you, one of us that has RP, once we leave US and we really realize, you know, how good we have it here. Oh, yeah. I go to Finland, though. Finland has it actually a little better. I think it was Finland. I, just, I had someone on, they were from there and uh, mm -hmm. they pay for like everything, like, you know, disability, like people who are disabled, they don't, they, they ride the bus for free, mm -hmm. you know, tra all transportation is free. Like, like, like they really, uh, they do uh, pretty well with the, uh, the disabled and stuff like that. So that's, that's there, good to there hear. are a couple it's probably fewer i mean i think there's more stuff now than there mm -hmm. probably ever was especially in the united states i mean i mean when my mom had rp you know during you know when she was younger and stuff like that they probably didn't have any of that stuff like you know you, right. you need, they have it in schools like they have like low vision counseling in schools in high school mm -hmm. like you go and you know i had a i had a, a high schooler on the podcast and she's telling me like yeah they have all the they have all those programs already in place that's wonderful for, right like yeah i was like oh my god because i mean i one i can't imagine i would be i mean i already got bullied as it was in high school i can only <laughs> imagine what it would be like being like visually impaired and you know dealing with you know having a cane in high school and being made fun. Mm -hmm. oh, my, it, it must be it must be awful so i i, I th those kids are strong the kids coming out of high school having to do with that like they're gonna be super strong oh yeah <laughs> Oh, thick yeah. skin <laughs> very thick skin yeah so so where's your uh, vision currently um so right now one of my eyes my right eye is i have no central vision left um and it's uh very okay so i will say i'm one of those r peers i'm terrible about my numbers my how many degrees oh, i have left i'm with and, you 
<laughs> okay so i can only i can only describe it to you so my right eye is pretty much uh just you know some light comes in but i can't really make out much more than like a shape you know like a vague shape uh my left eye uh pretty much the same i have a little bit of central vision left uh, i will say i'm one of those lucky ones where the central vision i do have left is enough for me to uh, get around with the cane during the mm -hmm. daytime um, okay. and get around you know pretty pretty effectively um and if I need to read or do anything like that, and if I don't have my, you know, my MacBook or my reader, my Kindle or something like that with me, uh, I can read like a newspaper. It'll take me a long time because I have to go letter by letter, uh, right. you know, lose, right. my, lose my spot all the time. Oh, yeah. And then at, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then at oh, yeah. night, um, at night, I haven't had any vision for, uh, I want to say the last two to three years. It's, um, you know, pretty much when I go outside uh, in the evening, I might as well close my eyes and walk around. Um, uh, so I tell people, yeah. yeah, but at nighttime, like I'm, I mean, I do pretty well, like I'm like you during the day, but like, yeah, nighttime, it's like, okay, now you want to see blind. That's the, yeah, there mm -hmm. you go. And you know, it's interesting. I, I didn't, uh, so when I was diagnosed in 2015, um, before that, I had, I'm sure I had night blindness. I remember, you know, some comments oh, that my friends were making passing or even that things that I would notice and I would just chalk it up to, well, nobody can see at night. What are you talking about? It's dark out. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> how are you guys seeing out here? Like, what do you guys have in your eyes? But um, uh, I remember having, before the, before the RP diagnosis, I remember just, you know, kind of walking around at night and always taking my time and kind of standing far behind the group and kind of see what lights are on, you know, on or on, on the road. And then after my diagnosis, everything made sense. Everything kind of clicked. And um, it, it brings me back to, I was in the Marine Corps and I was deployed. And I remember my first deployment, we were walking around the desert and we all were issued these really bright lights that we uh, put on our M, you know, M4s or M16 rifles. It's like an attachment, you kind of put it on. And they don't, we're not really supposed to use it because, you know, you're, you're overseas, you want to be tactical, you don't have a bright light in the desert on your, you know, your no, target. Right, right. Um, but for me, I was like, oh my God, this is great. I can walk to the chow hall. I can, you know, walk to the shower tent and I'll walk around my, you know, big rifle light on, you know, my rifle on me. And all my, I remember the Marines around me were like, what are you doing? Like, are you, are you blind or something? You're, you're blind as a bat. And, uh, Later on, when I was diagnosed with RP, I was thinking about that day and I was like, oh, whoa, my God, I was overseas in a combat zone and I had no, know it. <laughs> I had no idea RP, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then I was thinking, I was like, wow, all the things in the military, like all the tests they put you through all, you know, before you joined, they, they put you through all the, the whole physical, they didn't ever caught it. Um, even when I was, while I was in, I went to the eye, you know, the ophthalmologist a couple of times, they never caught it. Um, and I, I always wondered how different my life would be, you know, if, if I caught it earlier. I, I think, uh, oh, not to interrupt you. I was, um, uh -huh. I think you might've been, your daytime vision was probably still so good though, at that point in time that they, mm -hmm. you know, that's probably why you passed all those tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? If they had tested you at night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, give the same test. You'd be like, then maybe you probably would have struggled to be like, uh, why is this dude struggling? Like, yeah, on here? yeah. So. I remember in boot camp we do land nav and we do it in the daytime and nighttime. So pretty much they drop you in the middle of the woods, and they give you a compass and a map, and they say, okay, you have to kind of shoot an azimuth, and you have to find these ten, or eight or ten different spots in the woods. Uh, so we do it in the daytime, and it's a group of like four of us. So it's groups of four, fire teams of four. 
And in the daytime, everything's fine. We you know we found our points. Uh, you know, when we're all taking turns, taking the lead, you know, learning how to use the compass, learning how to look at the map. And I remember doing it at night and I was like, oh my God, what in the world am I doing? How are these other guys shooting azimuths? How are they looking at the compass? How are they getting around? Yeah, I, I remember like, this. yeah. Remember you guys see something, we... I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then the way we did it is, it was four of us. So we were like, kind of like strapped to each other. Um, so we couldn't lose each other. And I remember just like strapping myself all the way in the back, the tail end, and just kind of being drug along in this whole training exercise. I'm like, please, God, wherever they send me, don't let it be nighttime. Don't let me be in the woods because I'm yeah, going to die. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me give me daytime stuff, please. Your, your reaction, though, to that light, like the lamp is the same way I felt like um, 2017. I did a Spartan race. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with what a Spartan I am. race is, but OK, good. Um, but it, uh, I got switched to one of my uh one of my team members switched me to like the early morning. So I had plenty of time. We have plenty of time to uh, finish. So I brought, you know, just in case I brought a headlamp and it was like my first time ever really using one. And that's mm -hmm. the exact reaction I had when I had the lamp lamp on. I was like, Oh my God, I can walk around mm -hmm. hands-free. And I'm like, this, this is, I'm seeing all this stuff. This is, this is wonderful. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to walk around with a headlamp all the time. Yeah. And then I met this other guy, this, uh, this famous guy, uh, at one of our functions and uh, he was telling me uh, he, he had one on during the day and I was like you know I never thought about putting a headlamp on just having it on you know uh, you know because you never know when you're gonna need it right that's smart I'm like that's smart yeah, so, yeah that, I remember I, I, get, I remember uh sorry I remember getting okay. out uh, out of the military and we have to kind of we give back 90% of our gear the only things that we really keep are the uniforms I remember trying to convince the guy at supply, like, hey, man, let me keep these night vision goggles. Like, just, just say I gave them back to you and say they were lost in transit or something. Because uh, I remember, the, like, you know, for me being out in the desert, and we start using our night vision goggles. And I was like, oh, well, this is perfect. I can see everything. I want to take this home. This is very useful for, for I, me. I'll just walk around like this. <laughs> yep. That would be awesome seeing some just civilian walking. You know, you just walking <laughs> around and still just with night vision goggles on. Can you imagine? Like, are driving with them, being like, "Cop pulls you over, you're like, what's up?" Oh my goodness! Yeah, bro, I'm seeing. No, I got my goggles on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that'd be so. That'd be so. I, actually, I always wondered about that though. Did you, with the night vision goggles on, did the RP affect mm -hmm. how you saw though? Still. So okay, so a couple of the ways our RP affected that part of the military. Uh, I'll start off with when we first started shooting our rifles, they were teaching us how to use our rifles. I'm right-handed. I've been right-handed, right-footed my entire life. Okay. And we go, we go to shoot rifles and they're teaching us how to line it up. And I'm using my right eye, you know, my right hand, everything, the whole rifles on, on my right side. Mm -hmm. And I'm not hitting anything. I'm not even hitting the big red, uh, the big white box. Forget the target. I'm not even getting yeah, close you're to not even, you're not even. <laughs> And uh, they have these, this thing in boot camp where like, you know, you get like a week or two for each skill that you learn. And if you don't learn it or if you're not good enough in it, you get pushed into like this remedial platoon where like you kind of stay there until you learn it. And I remember like getting sent to remedial um, shooting, the, the shooting range. And I remember going, getting sent to remedial team. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be a Marine. Like I can't even shoot a gun. And it was like five or six of us and I'm the last one. Everybody else they taught, they're getting through, they're qualifying. I'm the last one, and I can't hit anything to save my life. Uh, now, if, to remind you, uh, my right eye has no vision, and it's had really poor vision probably for the better part of my life. 
right. more than 25 years. So I switch everything over to my left side. Uh, as soon as I switch over to my left side, I'm hitting, I'm hitting target every single time. Matter of fact, I qualified as expert <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> all the way through, all the way through. Um, so it's same with the, the night vision goggles. Um, you know, they go over one eye. Uh, you know, the one we had, they go over one eye. So of course I started with my right oh, eye. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was like, man, I can't see anything. What the heck is going on? Like these, my goggles are broken. <laughs> yeah, I said, these are broken. <laughs> I'm changing batteries. <laughs> you know, I'm asking my fellow Marines, let me see yours real quick. Let me see if yours is working. Uh, same thing I found when I switched to my left side, you know, I can I can see everything. And oh, okay. I kind of I had to use my night vision goggles um, in a different way than I think most other people do. So when you use night vision goggles, you, you can't tell, your depth perception is gone. It doesn't exist. Um, so like, for instance, if we are, you know, on a mission in Afghanistan and it's dark out and I have my night vision goggles on, uh, I assume a normal person just has them on and kind of just, you know, keeps their head on so they looks for the enemy, things like that. For me, I had to turn the laser on, on my rifle um and we had this like ir laser that you can only see through the night vision goggles so i used to have that on to help me you know okay that that tree line is maybe 100 yards away the mountain behind it is another you know a mile and a half or two miles or however long hour or far away and i kind of had to use the the laser and kind of just kind of guesstimate on how bright or how big i can see the i can see the dot to see how far something is from me hmm. um so it, it's it's uh at that time, I, you know, it was just a quick little change that I made. Um, but looking back at it, you know, it's, it's a, definitely a, an accommodation or like, you know, something I guess only someone with RP would have to do. Oh, yeah, I'd probably do that a lot. I mean, I do. I even do that a lot. Even though I've known I've had RP since I was 14, I still look back on moments of driving or moments, you know, certain things that happened. And I was just like, uh, and I maybe I shook it off, you know, as whatever. Mm -hmm. And I look back, I'm like, oh, that was probably my RP. <laughs> like, but you it's, don't, it's fun. but even though I had it, like, I didn't, you know, it was just wasn't something I thought about at that moment, you know, that that maybe it was that what it was, you know. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned driving. Uh, I gave up driving uh, 2016 and I love driving. I'm a car guy. I love, you know, like, I am the guy in the group that uh, I'll still go <laughs> to the car dealership with you and haggle because I love cars. I just love being in that environment. Right, right. <clears throat> and uh, I remember. I used to get into these accidents and just think to myself, like, man, these guys suck at driving in Maryland. Like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, one of my car accidents, I was driving and um, on the highway, 60, 70 miles an hour, there was a semi-truck right next to me. And as I'm passing the truck, he hits the my back driver's side wheel. So I spin out on the highway. Yeah, not good. So I spin out on the highway and the truck that hit that clipped me hits me from my driver's side, like the entire side. My car's spinning and it catches me as I'm spinning. So I'm getting pushed on the highway by this semi truck. And I'm like, man, what the heck is going on? Like, I, I barely made it out of there. You know, luckily I walked away and uh, we I ended up not being able to, you know, talk to the semi truck driver. He, I ended up on one side of the highway. He's on the other side. The state trooper came, got all our information. And later on, I'm talking to my insurance. I'm like, yeah, this truck driver didn't see me. It was changing lanes and clipped me. Like, can you believe it? Like, my car is total. Like, what the, you know, what's going on? And my insurance company comes back and be like, actually, you veered into their lane. And there are multiple witnesses that stopped and, and called us and told us. And uh, the truck driver mm -hmm. also has a camera, uh, like a dash cam. 
And okay. apparently, I never looked at the footage, but apparently you can clearly see that I've just veered over. I just didn't stay in my lane. Wow. Uh, but at that time, I was in denial. I was like, well, this is my, I have to change insurance. My insurance is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> how, how dare they? How dare they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Like I said, that's one of those many things that my mom would tell me about. Like she, said, she said the same thing. She was like, you know, I looked back when I was driving and some something would happen. And now I look back and realize that that's what it was. And, that, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, here's me, years mm-hmm. later, experiencing the exact exact thing my mom said yep mm-hmm. i had something like that where yeah, i was driving on the highway it was just after my son was born and um i left, I left my uh, wife's work and i remember yeah all of, uh, all of a sudden this dude just kind of like plows into my passenger side fender like he was coming he was merging onto the highway mm-hmm. i didn't see him until that moment like i didn't see him until literally he plowed into my fender i was just like what the hell i was like this this dude just you know he's, he's supposed to slow down get behind me like he just peeking right at me now, looking back on that, I was like, I probably should have seen him. And I even though, yeah, technically I was still right because technically he is supposed to, regardless, he's supposed to slow down. Mm-hmm. He's merging, he's coming onto the highway. So the officer, you know, was totally, you know, it was, it was his fault. Um, but realistically, I probably, knowing me, would have seen this dude come out on the highway and would have slowed down or sped up, right? you know, to adjust for it. And been like, <laughs> oh, this guy's like not, He's not slowing down. I'm gonna, you know, I'll speed up or I'll slow down. I would have adjusted for him, but I didn't, of course. So, but at that time, did not even think about that. Once again, mm-hmm. I I have RP, and you just don't even. It's like even though you know you have it, it's like sometimes even then you're like, eh, maybe that's not what it is. Yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. Maybe that's not what it is. So, what uh, what do you like to do? Like, what are your um, you any hobbies or interests or? Uh, well, I have a ton. Um, I have a ton of hobbies. Um. You know, over the years, I've had to kind of adjust a lot of things I do. Like, for instance, like I love going shooting, um, but, you know, now I'm at the point where I'm, I'm pretty ineffective when it comes to that. Or, you know, I grew up playing sports, grew up playing a lot of soccer and basketball, um, things like that I can't do anymore. So I've had to kind of adjust what I do. Um, you know, for instance, uh, like my running, I'm learning now how to run. Well, let me back up a little bit. I'm now finally getting o and training. And for any listeners out there that are on the on the uh, cuff about this, or they're just kind of you know don't want to lean into it, I'm the I was the same way. Trust me, I know where you're coming from. Uh, you know, for me, it was just I had this alpha male mentality coming out of the military. Um, you know, there's been, uh, I don't want to seem weak in front of people. You know, I had all these kind of thoughts that are kind of getting in my way. That was my journey. You know, I didn't want to take, who wants to carry around a, a cane? Like people are going to look at me weird. You know, I had all these thoughts in my head holding me back. And I started taking O&M training about uh, four months ago. And I can tell you that even the first lesson, the first time you're out there with the instructor, even before you touch the cane and they teach you how to listen for the roads, or they teach you how to listen for uh, when a building falls away and there's an opening or these like little tips and tricks that an O&M instructor will tell you a lot of times. And even for me, you know, coming from a military background where we're very detail oriented, even for me, I I didn't have these things on top of mind. Um, So it's O&M training now, I'm learning how to use a cane and uh, I'm slowly learning how to, uh, learning my neighborhood enough where I can run around in the daytime. 
and I can kind of listen for cars differently and I can listen for when I'm kind of coming up to the edge of a uh, edge of a curb right because the the condo next to it kind of stops and then there's a curb so I can listen for that building uh, falling away um, so I'm getting back into running and uh, I'm actually getting ready to apply for a running guide dog um, I think it yeah, there's a organization in New Jersey or New York um, that where they train dogs specifically for runners. Uh, so I I'm, met, I'm I met really, one. Oh, you have? I have, a, I have a. I'm part of Achilles International, so one of my uh, uh, one, of, one of my fellow athletes, she's you know blind and she had yeah her dog is I think trained actually to mm-hmm. do yeah running. Yeah, so, so probably, uh, probably from the same place. I mean, because it's from the same place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm get, I'm cool. getting back into running. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, I used to longboard a lot, skateboard, longboard a lot. Oh, okay. And right. um, I'm, I'm not back to doing it as, as good as I used to, but I did, uh, I found a couple of videos online where someone, I think he's, uh, I think he has RP, I want to say, and he's completely blind and he's engineering this attachment you put on the, on the bottom of your cane, where it's like a, it's like a combination of uh, like, kind of like a rollerblade wheel but like it's super sensitive so you have it it's longer you have use a cane that's usually longer than what you're, you're supposed to use and you can kind of roll it along in front of you and to the side and you can see when you know what's coming up pretty much i'll let you a little secret i did that already i i have one well, okay well, I, ran, I, ran a, I ran a 5k with it i mean i took uh me and my one of our you know my rp friends were actually we're actually developing something actually currently oh no kidding um, but yes, uh, yeah, I literally took his idea. He he, I happened to have a caster wheel in my garage. I literally took mm-hmm. the tip off one of my canes and I shoved a caster wheel on the end of it. I mean, it doesn't caster because the way I have it, I have it rigid mounted. Uh, but it worked like a skateboard. It like wow. so I was I ran a five k by myself for like the first time ever in like wow. years, and uh, yeah, it worked brilliantly. It didn't get caught in anything. It, that's it just, incredible it, and it was loud because of the, you know how you know a skateboard wheel like a hard mm-hmm. those wheels on like their shopping carts are loud you know you hear them right. so people can hear me coming you know too so they worked kind of like both so yeah. we were we want to develop something like that but even better so yeah definitely that's um, well keep me it was a game changer. it was a game changer i will it was a game changer man like i i actually felt 100 percent comfortable you know and i was mm-hmm. using a i literally skated it too i just choked the handle a little bit and if i wanted it left and right and then that's what and then <laughs> it worked but just like a cane you know um but yeah no i was uh pleasantly surprised and it's just a little trial test you know yeah. i was a guinea pig to my for my, myself i was the guinea pig <laughs> uh i feel like when you have rp you're oftentimes the guinea pig for a lot of things <laughs> in your life you're like do you have a achilles around you um i actually i haven't this is the first time i'm hearing about it I'll look into it. Uh, Achilles International. They always have chapters like, I mean, it's an international freezer and they have Brazil. There's an Achilles Brazil. There's an Achilles, mm-hmm. you know, where, uh, you know, New York is the headquarters. That's, mm-hmm. you know, the big, um, I know there's Achilles in Massachusetts. I know there's Achilles, you know, Achilles Boston. There's Achilles. Well, here I am, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to know if I can't remember if there's Achilles in Maryland. I think there is. Um, I'm sure so, either Maryland or DC. I'm sure there's so one. so look into that because they provide guides for people like us mm-hmm. who want to run and stuff. And you can, you know, you can choose to be tethered or you can just say whatever you know, whatever it needs. Like I don't, I'm just starting to do the whole tether thing, but mm-hmm. I could still run like with someone next to me, I'd feel more comfortable. Someone just giving me heads up on like, you know, what's you know, the terrain looking like. Right. And, 
you know, okay, we got a left turn coming up, right turn coming up, you know, things like that. But yeah, like if you're into like, you know, being athletic and, and all that stuff or doing, you know, running and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. having a guide's awesome, you know? Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I mean, it's awesome that you're running on your own. I, I admire you running on your own or on your own neighborhood because I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Even though I know my streets, I just <laughs> feel like that's going to be the time I'm going to trip and fall on a curb or something unexpected. You know, someone's going to put a trash can or something that wasn't there. You know, you know, we how RP is. So, oh yeah. You know, if our terrain changes and we're not aware of that, like, it's not like people, your neighbor is going to send you this notification. Hey Mike, I know you walked down here. A lot. <laughs> I put a, I put a trash can out or I put this out on the walkway and I just don't want you to walk into it. Oh, thank you very much, Bob. You know? Yeah. Cause that's happened to me. I'm like, I walked to my son to school. It's like, we do the same routine like every morning and I can, I could do it without a cane if I really wanted to. Uh, but I, I bring the cane because you know what? I'm like, there's going to be that one moment. Yep. Someone's going to put something in that sidewalk and they do, they put trash cans, they put, you know, garbage or whatever. Sometimes someone puts something and I almost stripped and fell on it. So it's like, yeah, you know, but no, uh, totally. Yeah. I, I, I live in this community. I'm lucky. I live in this community where it's, uh, it's very, it's, it's private. So, and it's very, very, Oh, quiet. okay. Nice. So there's not a lot of young people. It's mostly like um, younger families, uh, okay. with really small kids. And um, there's not much traffic or even foot traffic for that matter. But I will say, uh, you know, a funny story, like I was running the other day. And usually I like to run on the road. Um, yeah. you know, it's a little bit easier for me. I can hear cars better than I can hear people walking. And, uh, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to run on the sidewalk. It's, it's, I'm just going to do it. Why not? So I'm running on the sidewalk and I take a turn. And as soon as I take a turn, I run into a lady and her dog. Oh. And and we both scream because she's she screams because she was like, oh, my God, am I getting attacked or something? And I screamed, like, oh, my God, there's something there. And we're sitting there screaming at each other and the dog is going crazy. And like, OK, I'm going back to the road. <laughs> okay. I love that. Like, uh, you should be like, you're like, what are you doing, man? What are you running into me for? Mm-hmm. You weren't mm-hmm. there a moment ago. Or like uh, the other day. That's I what I'm saying. Downstairs. I came downstairs and my fiance was sitting on the couch. Uh, we have like a couch on the corner and she, she was on her phone. She didn't say anything at all. So I walked into a room and I, you know, I'm petting the cat and I'm, you know, I'm doing stuff in the kitchen. And all of a sudden she says something, something, babe. And I jump oh, out jump, of my shoes. Yeah. I'm like, Whoa, you're here. Oh my goodness. Don't do that. <laughs> That's a big reason why I don't like wearing headphones when I work out, even in my own mm-hmm. gym sometimes, because I'll be on the treadmill mm-hmm. and you know, I've, I've mastered now running without my, you know, without having to hold on to anything. So, but I need to be focused. So yeah, when your wife comes up behind you to tap you on the shoulder or, you know, or, you know, get your attention or you happen to look over and you just, you happen to see her and you're like, Oh, like, like that's terrifying. Oh yeah. I'm like, you're yeah. the reason why I don't like to wear headphones because it's the worst thing for someone who's visually impaired or headphones. Right. I, I love headphones, but when I work out, but uh like no 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 they get scared i try to i try to make a joke out of it like um one of my favorite things to say is like uh if you know if you're walking like target or wherever you are and you see like one of those wet floor signs and I, of course i kick it to hell oh yeah <laughs> I, I look around and i'm just really loudly who put that there that doesn't belong there and people just kind of look around and it's like a joke you know it's like haha but um right oh yeah i try to make light you, you try to make light out of it you know that's one thing i learned about rp uh, especially more recently it's 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 one of those things that you know it it's happening it's uh it's not the most ideal situation to be in but there's so many like funny moments there's so many just like aha moments um and you know like i feel like rp is one of those one of those disabilities where for most of us it's a slowly progressing uh disease where we slowly lose vision it's a consistent loss we're losing every day yeah we're like it's like someone dying 
but we're like mm-hmm. experiencing that loss every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can either, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you can either look at it like, oh man, today is another day. I'm losing a little bit more. Yeah. Energy. I'm like, oh, yeah. crap. Or you can wake up and say, oh, I have X amount left or, you know, yeah. whatever. And I, I can so still many see things I can do. Today. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No. You see, you actually already experienced what exactly happens to you. You can either become depressed and bitter. And mm-hmm. that's what initially what happened to you. But you got out of that. Or you can laugh it off. And the last, I mean, that's exactly what I've been doing since I was a teenager. It was just like, I always made jokes to my friends. Like if they tripped at night, I'd be like, Hey dude, don't take my job. <laughs> like that's, that's my, you, you, you're, you're cited. You do your thing. Don't you be taking my work. I got work to do here. Yeah. So no, you have to laugh. You have to, or like, yeah, when I see, I saw, I think three wet floor signs once at the mm-hmm. YMCA where I, uh, where I teach spin class. And I was like, Oh, it's a gang. <laughs> yeah, enough on me now to get together yeah i was like oh, i don't want any trouble i don't want any trouble yeah yeah let's let me just let me walk by past we'll, we'll be good yeah, yeah. So, but you yeah, know Michael, right. uh, one of the things that i'm still kind of working through is uh you know for the most part my friends my family they all know uh some know on a very good level some just very high level explanation but i haven't told anybody i work with uh, like my, I, I just left my, the company I work for, um, they never knew. And, uh, you know, I was struggling every day. My team didn't know I was, they were struggling. I was struggling every day and, uh, right. So pretty much my bank said, Hey, we're going to close your branch. And I was out of a job. So the last day with my team, uh, and I was a branch manager. So it's my team. I told them, I was like, Hey, you know, this is something I've been struggling with. I got diagnosed in 2015 and, um, you know, I just haven't found a way to tell you. Um, this is what I'm going through. And, you know, leading up to it, I was feeling nervous, you know, felt kind of embarrassed, you know, uh, for me, I felt like they were going to lose confidence in my ability to do my job or to be the leader or just kind of, uh, you know, discount me because I have a disability. Like, oh, oh, you should be doing this. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What are you doing working in a bank? How can you work in a bank if you're blind? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they actually, their first response was, Av, I wish you told us sooner so we could have helped you. Um, I like that, yeah. And that, and that just kind of changed my entire perspective. And moving forward, now every single job application or interview I'm going for, I'm putting down I'm disabled. And I'm talking about it in my interviews. Um, so they know up front, like, hey, I'm going to need some help. I'm, I'm going to need some, maybe some extra time or, or JAWS installed on my computer or Whatever the oh, case God, may Jaws. be. I got it. Sorry. Flashbacks. I always help my mom. I'm like, I'm my mom's IT person growing up. So like I was the one that always, if Jaws wasn't working right, I had to, you know, fix it for her. And uh, like I see. So, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not familiar with Jaws at all. I haven't gone through that part of training yet. She uses, uh, she doesn't use that anymore. Now it's, um, what's the, uh, what's the free one? The window, the, there's a um, zoom text. No, she uses, um, what is it? Oh, I keep forgetting. It's another one at uh, uh, FDA and NFDA and NFDA NVDA NVDA mm-hmm. there it is yeah so NVDA is another one you can look into that that's what my mom uses but okay. uh no the cheese no you know it's funny about I was thinking about that there the percentages are still high though if like you say if you put if you tell uh, an employer that you have RP they they they're still gonna they'll they'll hire the other person mm-hmm. but they don't have to tell you that's the reason why they you know it's like it's like not getting a job because you're older. Mm-hmm. even though they can't technically, it, you know, it's, you know, there's laws for that. The company could mm-hmm. just say, uh, well, we just felt you weren't qualified enough. Right. You know, right. I guess there's a certain percentage of like, I was looking at 
you know, like people who you know disabled versus people who this and that and it's like people who are you know regular get jobs still it's a much higher percentage but i mean i like the fact that there are jobs out there in our companies anyway that mm -hmm. are like hey you know can you do the job yeah okay exactly that's exactly. literally all we care about <laughs> you know my job i i left my job for that reason you know same thing i mm -hmm. that was kind of like my my they uh people close in my group on my who i worked with knew i had rp since i was there mm -hmm. Um, but it was never an issue, but when it started becoming an issue, you know, that's when it was like, okay, well, maybe I need to start working from home because the word, the mm -hmm. office is just too dangerous, you know, because, mm -hmm. but it was kind of like, they were like kind of receptive to that. Like maybe if I had said something earlier, maybe they, more things could have been put into place, mm -hmm. but I, I felt like I was the only person there that had this disability and you're going to tell everybody in the company, it's like, Hey, oh, yeah. Please don't put stuff on the floor, even though it doesn't seem dangerous to you. It's highly dangerous for Mike and Mike can probably like, I just feel like it would have been just too much for me. And, and I didn't want to be this, like the one guy, you know, that everyone's like, well, that's Mike. He's don't put that on the floor. Cause Mike will like, I, just, I, don't know. <laughs> I feel like it would be all centered on me, you know? Right. But, but maybe it would have been different had I like said maybe five years prior or whatever. And mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm good now. Mm -hmm. um, but I want you guys to know that I have, you know, RP and this is what's up. I just need you guys to be, you know, yeah. keep, keep aisles clear, make sure things, you know, blah, blah. Uh, but as things get worse, you know, it's just going to help me. And, you know, maybe it would have been different, but I'm glad yeah. that, you know, you had a good experience and that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I had, a, I wish I told him sooner, kind of like with you, right? So working in a bank um, for years and years and years, I kind of had to either pretend or do math really quickly. Like, for example, one of the things we do, we count the vault. Uh, every day before we close a branch and usually it's the manager and one of the tellers or it's typically how it goes and at least for me and it'd be anywhere low end a hundred thousand high end maybe 1.5 million in cash that we have to count verify and they're all strapped up and they're inside of a vault that has terrible lighting i mean come oh, on God. this is like a nightmare <laughs> for us. oh my goodness and um it <laughs> It, it sucked, to be honest, because I had to, you know, it wasn't just me counting it. I had to really take my time and also pretend with the person I'm with that, oh, it's just, you know, I'm just counting. I'm taking, you know, I'm trying to be diligent here. I want to make sure we count every single dollar. Um, to us, even, you know, getting robbed, like we, uh, since I've been working for the bank, the branch has been robbed twice. And it's, uh, everything went the way it was supposed to go. And I say that, when I say that, I mean, you know, the guy, we gave him the money, we didn't try to fight. You know, we uh, push the alarm button when when possible and things like that. But, it, you know, I always go back and I always question myself like, man, like what if, you know, if I told my team, maybe they could have been more vigilant, you know, on my behalf. Or maybe if what if, you know, should I be in this job? You know, should I be I wasn't able to protect my branch. I wasn't able to see that guy coming in and, and wanting to rob the branch before they walked in. And it's all like these scenarios that you create for yourself. Because guess oh, what? Right. The rest of the the rest of the branch is sighted. And they couldn't stop the robbery. So what am I going to do with one so, person? So yeah, right. <laughs> but, but, so you're, you know. you're not Jason Bourne, you know. You're not going to just you know. take people out, you know. And all of a sudden be like, oh shoot, you know. <laughs> oh no, no, you're right. Though. It's uh, something we always uh, we think about. So uh, I have a question. Now that you've been dealing with, you know, all this the past, uh, you know, what six years? Mm -hmm. uh, have you gotten any? Uh, do you get any interesting questions from sighted people that bother you? Do you ever get like anything like, you know, like, you know, the standard, I always say, I always say mm -hmm. the standards always, um, 
you know, how many fingers am I holding up? And, you know, mm -hmm. does anybody actually do that? Or is that kind of going away? Um, so, okay. So couple of things. Uh, for the most part, people don't know what RP means or they don't know what low, vis uh, low oh, vision yeah. means at all. It's either you can see or you're completely blind. That's it. There's no, yeah, right. There's no in between. There's no in between. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? I don't, I don't hold them against that because before I found out about RP, I didn't really give it much thought. Right, either. right, right, right. Um, so in my culture, so my parents are from Bangladesh and we have a really big community where we live and I'm really embedded into it. And for the most part, when my community members find out, they have no idea what questions to ask uh, because, you know, back home, we... We don't, we don't really see doctors. They never really saw doctors growing up. If you're sick, you know, you just kind of drink water with lemon and you hopefully recover, <laughs> you know? So they don't understand. They can't grasp, grasp like, oh, I'm 30 or 25, whatever, and you're going blind. Like, what? What are you doing, drugs? Like, do you drink too much? Like, what's going on? Well, start you know? drinking some water or lemon, man. You should, you should, get, your, you should get your vision back. <laughs> right? Squirt it in my eye, right? Yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> Um, so for my community, it's a lot of confusion and it's a lot of like, they don't know why I'm going through it. And in their mind, you know, if I'm going through something like this, because something I did is because of drugs or drinking oh, or gotcha. You, you must know, say, you um, must say something bad. Because no one else in my family has it. And, um, you know, my community here in DC, uh, Virginia, Maryland of Bengalis, you know, we're in the thousands, maybe close to 8,000, 6,000, somewhere along those lines. And I'm the only one with RP that I know of. So it's, it's kind of a mystery. Um, yeah. and, and then I have a lot of people in my community overhelping. Uh, like, you know, I can, if, if we're at a party, right? And if you're at a get together, uh, yeah, of course, I'm going to have trouble finding the table with the food. You know, I'll have trouble finding the forks and the, and the things. Oh, yeah. But once, right. I'm, once I'm in front of the pot with rice, I can figure, I can look for the spoon. You're good. You're good. Right. Yeah. I can figure it out. But, you know, <laughs> overhelping is when they just like right on top of me and they're like giving me like six spoons oh, of rice. And I, I like, can't, I can't, I can't stand it. I, I always say that. I, I could, I didn't say, I didn't describe it as overhelping, but like I, that's a good term. No, yeah. Overhelping. It's like the people that <laughs> you don't, it's like they grab you because it's all automatically and they start pulling you directions too. Cause they're like, yeah. cause they automatically assume that you need help. They, you know, like, they're like, no, 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 no. Like I can walk by myself. Right. Like, like if I need, if I need help, I will most uh -huh. certainly tell you, but please like, yeah. 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 Mike, do you need and, this? Need that? It's like, yeah. And like voicing that, you know, voicing like, Hey, I got it. Um, to me, I'm still very new with this. So mm. for me, it's more like, I don't want to, sometimes I don't want to say it because I don't want them to take it negatively. Um, you know, I don't want them to feel bad for trying to help me or, oh, right. you know, yeah. what, or, or maybe I, not, I may not need your help putting rice on my plate today, but maybe 10 years from now, I might need your help. And then you might not offer me the help. So I put all these roadblocks yeah. in my head. Um, but I, I'm, I'm starting to understand that we are in control of how much help we get so when we, right. we should ask for specific things in specific times instead of just kind of letting things happen to us around oh yeah because uh one one people are not mind readers so if you don't say anything then then they're not going to do anything so yeah. it's good to, it's good to just say it because i know inside i always think i don't want to be a jerk also mm -hmm. like oh, oh i'm helping this guy out and he you know he thinks you know he's all giving me trouble you know like I, one time i was walking with my cane and i literally a dude stopped his truck in the middle of the road to tell me that something was coming up like he's like okay. oh there's a there's a tree there or something i, I was like and, and i literally do this walk like every day like you know i'm like i didn't need his help 
Like, you know, I was like, you, you, if anything, you're causing issues by stopping in the middle of a road, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? But I, I think I just was like, you know, all right, thank you. You know, like you just, you yeah. know, just, okay. Yeah. All right. And then, and then, you know, for me, I'm pretty new at accepting RP and I'm still uh, digesting it. So there's other facet of somebody's helping me, you know, somebody, I need this help because I'm losing my vision. Somebody's out there helping me and it takes away, uh, it gives me a feeling it takes away a little bit of my um, confidence or just like, you know, like, like self-confidence or, you know, just believing in myself. Um, so that's something I'm struggling with too, something to accept, you know, when you're going through a disease, like we're going through, you're going to need help that you never thought you need before, you know, just mobility stuff, like, you know, being able to walk down a flight of stairs that you've walked down your entire life. And all of a sudden you're like holding onto the railing and trying not to fall off and somebody's there helping you. For me, it takes a, l- a little bit away from my self-confidence, makes me feel a little right. less, uh, you know, it attacks my ego. Okay. Um, so oh, that, of course that's some- good stuff. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that's something I'm struggling with, something I'm learning to, you know, I'm trying to understand, trying to accept it. Um, and I, and the way I do it a lot of times, I put myself in the shoe. You know, if, if I see somebody that's blind or if I see somebody that doesn't know English, if I see somebody that's deaf or somebody in a wheelchair, I'm going to help them without even thinking about it. It's going to be like, oh, let me get the door for you. Or, or hey, let me translate for you or whatever the case may be. I'm going to do it right right then and there without much thought. Um, and I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm not going to judge that person. I'm not going right. to nothing. So I kind of have to remind myself the people around me that want to help, they're doing this out of the goodness of their heart. You know, they're not oh, seeing yeah. me as weaker the, or anything like that. Right. But sometimes I wish somebody would just ask for sometimes. Like I, <laughs> I, I was in New York City and I mean, and actually a lot of nice people out there, but they asked me first. Like I, w- I had mm-hmm. my cane. I was walking into the hotel to go check in. And I mm-hmm. remember like a woman was like, oh, I was just, it was one of, it's, you know, clear doors suck. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm like, I couldn't, I was having any trouble just finding where the handle was. And <laughs> some, some nice lady's just like, Oh, do you want me to get the door for you? I was like, Yes, please. Like, like mm-hmm. that. So you helped me and you asked, like, that's mm-hmm. that to me, that's a proper interaction right there. Like, you see mm-hmm. me struggling now is obviously where you could ask, say, Hey, do you need help? Like, mm-hmm. but if I'm not struggling, if I'm just cruising along, like that guy stopping in the middle of the road, like, I don't. I don't want you because if anything, now you're a distraction to me. Now you, now you might've distracted me enough where it might mess me up. Right. Now right. I might have, lo- now, I'm not, now I might lose my place or now I might trip on something now because I have this routine and now you, mm-hmm. you ruined that part. Now you distracted mm-hmm. me and now I have to regain my bearings and get myself back where I was. So mm-hmm. it's tough to be like, or should you go help or, but it's always important. I think always to ask first and be like, Hey, can I help? You know, you know, may I help you or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you, you're going to see someone struggling. I mean, right. You know, we're going to see somebody, it's like somebody dropping a bag of groceries or something and you run over and get it. Obviously they're not going to tell you, no, no, no. I got to leave me alone. Like, no, like right. it's some, that just happened to them that look, obviously they can use some help putting, get, you know, getting the groceries back, right. in, back in the bag. That's, that's, the, that's what you have to look for. And I think that's what people should remind themselves. Like, look for, you know, if you see someone struggling, yeah, now I ask, Hey, can I help mm-hmm. you out? Like, don't just uh, jump in. Cause sometimes, you know, it's like um, my mom had, uh, was out with your guide dog and it's like distracting the guide dog and petting it. Right now you've, this, this dog is working. Like now you've totally, you know, throwing them off you put my yeah you put my mom in this in this in in danger now because Mm -hmm. you're distracting the dog so you can't and as much as we all want to pet dogs you know Mm -hmm. yeah we know that especially a well-behaved one 
yes, right. You see a cute dog or good look, yeah, bullpen mm-hmm. dog, and you're like, oh, that's a good look. It means that's just a reaction. So, mm-hmm. but sometimes yeah, it's, it's better to be like, mate, can I pet your dog? Like a simple, yeah, you ask. And then of course my mom's gonna say no because he's working. Or my mom, if she's cool that day, she'll say, let me take him you know, her off the harness, and mm-hmm. then you can, you know. Because I don't right. want, you know, because she's not supposed to be petted while she's in the harness, you know, right, so. right. and she's done. But that it's funny, you, you just said something that kind of struck something with me. You said, uh, you know, when you see a nice dog, well-behaved dog or pretty dog, it's like a knee-jerk reaction for you to pet the dog. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that kind of, uh, I was thinking, you know, like if I'm uh, looking for the door handle and without asking somebody that opens the door for me, it's their knee-jerk reaction to, uh, you know, to right. they see You're somebody right. struggling. Yeah. Uh, so you know maybe something that's something I, I use to remind myself in those situations because for me it uh, it almost it almost emasculates me a little bit oh uh, okay yep. yeah so that's the, that's the part I'm dealing with because I'm so used to being on my own I'm so used to being on my own two feet oh you yeah. know open my own door like without even a thought and we have now pride that I have to, <laughs> pride exactly yeah we got pride it's, man then you got pride it's, it's a lot of pride. And then, uh, for me, I have that, I have that cultural pressure too, because, you know, in my culture, if you're a man, you know, you're the provider, you're the protector. Oh, you're like the big you, guy, right? Yeah. You are, mm-hmm. your wife stays at home. Generally your wife stays at home and takes care of the kids and you go out there and you hunt and whatever you work, whatever you do. Yeah. Uh, right. And then I'm also the oldest son in my family. Um, and the eldest son always has this additional pressure to kind of take over the reins, you know, take the generational reins over. Um, and then also like coming from the Marine Corps, I mean, that's the most, that's the hardest thing, hardest military branch you can join in the world, probably. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, I have all these things that are just pushing me towards alpha male. I'm an alpha male, you know, culturally, professionally in my life, I've always been an alpha male. And now somebody's opening the door for me. Like, who am I? Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh, man, I got to really think about rebranding myself here. <laughs> well, well I, I have a saying. It goes because it's like when I'm training and stuff in my gym, I, I say, like, I look good when I'm hitting a heavy bag. But my my body can write checks that my eyes cannot cash. <laughs> so you know I, I might look good. I might look like I'm fast. <laughs> I can fight. I can spar. I can do all that stuff. But put me in front of someone who's real, who's not a heavy bag. Yeah. It's a lot different story. Oh yeah, uh, I, I hit the heavy bag. I hit the heavy bag quite often, and uh, I was hitting it the other day. And I, one of my friends was down there. He's like, "Look, man, I know you know how to fight, but you're not flaring your your leg. You're not having the right posture. Like, why are you fight hitting the bag like that?" I was like, "Look, I'm I'm going blind. I have to prepare to fight like I'm blind. I'm only gonna get one shot at this guy before he starts moving." Yeah, around. right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta Once make sure moving, I can. Uh, it gets all over. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta make sure I can throw a punch from any angle, off of any foot, on my tippy toes. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's it, 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 it's it's gonna it's gonna be awkward, but it'll work. <laughs> and there's a difference between you know the you know like I'm not trying to box this person. I'm trying to survive. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So no, it's funny. So here's a good one. If you get your vision back, yeah, what are you doing? Oh, I think about this every it's day. Like, uh, so most of the things that have held me back so far is when it comes to vision, you have the normal stuff, driving, you know, uh, mm-hmm. playing sports. Obviously, I would do all those things. For me, what helped me back is... Uh, putting myself out there to help others. So I'll give you an example. Uh, 2017, I start, I had this idea. I was like, hey, you know, I want to start a foundation 
completely free to help people coming from other countries to kind of get a quick start here. You know, oftentimes you notice that immigrant families coming in, you know, they have this ramp up period, you know, and usually it's five to 10 years before they have good credit, you know, a house, their kids are in college, whatever the case may be. So I wanted, and, you know, my family went through the same thing. So I wanted to ramp that up. I want to, uh, you know, take that five, 10 years and make it into like a one or two year process. Um, you know, so I started reaching out to my community members and I started getting uh, like my bylaws for a nonprofit put together, start filing for a, a tax exempt status. And it's silly, but I'll tell you why I didn't really follow through. Um, the meetings or the seminars that I wanted to hold or the ones that I would get, you know, volunteers for, it would always be in the evening or, or late afternoons, uh, right? Because everybody's working throughout the day and whatever the case may be. Um, so I, you know, probably like the third or after the third or fourth meeting, you know, I was so stressed out and so caught up in how am I going to get there? You know, how am I going to find the building? How am I going to find the door? Uh, you know, these community members don't know about my RP. Um, how are they going to react if, you know, I, they try to shake my hand? You know, you, you put all these obstacles in front of you before anything even happens. Oh, yeah. Um, so I actually stopped doing anything with the foundation. Um, and, you know, I had people reaching out to me like, hey, what's going on? We got the ball, you know, rolling. We got these people that want to help and participate. You have donations coming in. It was legitimately... Um, you know, everything was coming together to be a legitimate nonprofit organization. Wow. And uh, yeah, I mean, you name it, Michael, everything from, you know, you just come to the US and we will guide you on, you know, help you build credit, you know, pick classes for your kids in school so they get the right stuff, you know, get your health care, um, do English classes, do mental health awareness class, you know, anything, you name it. Just, okay. <clears throat> Nice. And so I put a stop to I, I know and I put a stop to it and I had all the support. And the real reason I put a stop to it is silly, but it's because those meetings were in the evening. Yeah. No. And it's uh, even as me, you know, I'm saying this out loud. I'm hearing myself. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, so, you, sometimes it's different when you say it. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Now that I say it out loud, I'm like, what? Like oh, that man, sounds ridiculous, you know? right? It's it was like, ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Um, so well, considering you had a lot going. So, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that'd be the first thing that I would probably do if I had my vision back is get that, you know, started rolling, get um, my nonprofit off of the ground, really get it up and running. Uh, I, you know, I play with the idea of, oh, if my vision was good, I'd probably still be in the military. You know, okay. um, I spent four years active in the Marines, and then, you know, you'd spend four years of your contract after that inactive. Yeah, inactive, where you, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. You go to like, you know, you go to these meetings once a year, or whatever the case may be. And I've, I love the military. You know, I love the Marine Corps. I love the camaraderie. I mean, uh, all the guys I met, they're my brothers, you know, and. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, I got some, I got some, you know, Marine friends. Marine friends, okay. I and got some. I, I would, uh, I would go back. Um, I don't know if I got my vision back today. Maybe I'm too old. I'm, I'm not sure. But that would be the, I would explore it, you know, in one capacity or another, whether it's an, as a civilian contractor whether it's, uh, you know, as an officer instead of enlisted. Okay. Um, but I would definitely take a look into that. Um, do they have the reserves? The, they do have reserves, now, yeah. They, they, okay. So mm -hmm. My friend does the Army and all that. My friend did Navy and stuff. So I don't know if yeah. the Marines also had uh, reserves. You know, it's funny. We have this, and it's like a, it's like this little joke, right? A running joke that we have in the Marine Corps. I'm sure other branches have it as well. But it's like, uh, we say, if you join and you join the reserves, you're just like a part-time Marine. You're not a real Marine. <laughs> and then if you yes, join, 
Uh huh. If you join enlist, and you know you enlist for four years, you're a you're a boot. And um, if you get deployed to a combat zone, okay, then now you're finally a marine. So you're not yeah. really a marine <laughs> until you you're get deployed. Because <laughs> if you don't get deployed, you're a boot. Um, That's and if funny. you get, and then also there's levels to it too, right? So like if you get a, let's say you get deployed and you're an admin or your supply, yeah. okay, and you never really leave the main camp. You're known as a FOBIT, F-O-B-B-I-T. Mm-hmm. Uh, FOB stands for Forward Operating Base. So okay. somebody that just stays on those forward operating you're bases, we call ah. FOBITs, right? Like a, like a hobbit, <laughs> but Exactly, exactly. I, I got it, I got it. <laughs> so wow. there's all these all these different levels of it, right? So it you could be it. like, you could go four years in the Marines and never be deployed and be, and still by other people not be considered a, an actual marine by, by other marines only by yeah. other marines all the marines yes. yeah yeah you know anybody okay. else you're once you're a marine oh, yeah. you go through boot camp oh, yeah. you're a marine, right you know? yeah you're a marine yeah but yeah they'd be like uh nope <laughs> you get deployed nope sorry well, all right <laughs> I, I was there i had a uniform right, right. i could shoot a gun right. <laughs> here's another answer. i want here's something i want you to keep an eye on because since you're only six years in right now, but you're, I, I think it might be starting to see changes. I don't know. But in your dreams, are you visually mm-hmm. impaired or fully sighted? And have you noticed any changes in that? So, have, uh, I mean, I always carry the emotion from the dream. I don't carry the visual aspect from the dreams anymore. Oh, okay. So when I, like, for instance, I had a dream a few nights ago where it was me and my fiance. We couldn't find each other for some reason. And when I woke up, I remember that feeling of being like kind of like lost, but I can't oh, picture wow. like, the room we were in. I can't picture like, like okay. where we were in. So for me, the dreams haven't really um, the dreams haven't really been memorable. Now, uh, am I on this podcast? Am I allowed to be as open as as I wish? Absolutely. All right, perfect. So uh, I told you that I struggled with RP when I found out, and I became an alcoholic, and you know, I kind of went down that spiral. And I told you that right before the pandemic started, I kind of had like a uh, breakthrough, like aha moment. Um, And yes, my therapist had a lot to do with it. But before that, uh, my friend was telling me about something called DMT. It's an abbreviation for something really, really long. It's like some sort of chemical. (laughs) Okay. Um, To put it in simple terms, it's the chemical that your brain releases when you have a dream. When you're dreaming at night, your brain releases that allows you to have the visuals and you know, oh, okay. pretty much have the dream. And DMT is something that's been around for centuries, um, mostly in South America. And it's something that you smoke. That's the way I did it. And you smoke it and it releases DMT while you're awake. Okay. Interesting. Uh, very interesting. So your yeah. reality, so, cause you know, in a dream, you can control what's going on around you for the most oh, part. Like if you're a lucid. Yeah. If you're lucid, right? Well, like mm-hmm. you can do everything except I found you can't really throw a punch. It's like you're underwater. <laughs> no, yeah. So yeah, I see that. that's right. That's right. That's right. So I can't shoot yeah, hoops. So- I can't, I'm on and off. I can't play basketball. Like sometimes like, it's like, for whatever reason, I always like most of my dreams, I can't make, I just know what I do. I, uh-huh. it doesn't go in. <laughs> for me, it's opening doors and punching. That's right. Oh, but- <laughs> um, but so yeah, so DMT, it, it allows you to have full control of your dream while you're awake um and it's wild and it lasts uh anywhere between seven to maybe 15 minutes 
and there's no buildup for it. So you know how like usually, I don't know if you're a drinker, but you know, if you have a beer, you start right. feeling a little bit. Oh, like a buzz, right? Beers, okay. Right. Okay. And, and there's like a buildup, like you just don't go from zero to blacked out drunk, just, just like that. Or right. even if, you know, people yeah. are, you know, people use weed, weed, you know, you smoke it and you start feeling kind a little of, by little. Right. Uh, yeah. So with uh, DMT, there's no buildup. <clears throat> so, and it's, it's a very, it, uh, the type of experience you have has a lot to do with what kind of mental state you're in. Oh, so if like, you're like depressed mm-hmm. or sad or whatever. You're... You can have a terrible time. You can have a nightmare yeah. while you're awake. Right. Right. Okay. But you can't wake up from, so it's super scary. Yeah, that's that's not good. <laughs> yeah. So this I'm taking. Uh, so I tried DMT right, you know, uh, for about what four years of just straight being alcoholic and losing control of my life. And my friend was like, "Hey, try this and may may be helpful for you." Um, so I tried it, and I was able to see. So pretty much, you smoke it, and by the third by the third inhale that you take, you go from zero to one hundred. You're dreaming yeah, in front of you. Well, boom, you're there. And, you know, you see all these visuals, all these colors. And that was the first time in years I was, I felt like I didn't have RP. Uh, where oh, wow. every, because everything you can see, you, it, it, it's clear. There's okay. no, you don't have any blind spots. You don't have the black curtain coming up from anywhere. You don't have these bright flashing lights all over the place. You it's just, like your you dream know, is being projected in front of you. Correct. Exactly. Like oh, in okay. your brain projected to your but eye. In, yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. And in my dream, uh, at one point near the end, um, I'm, the visuals that I'm having, there's a lot of bright, bright lights around me. And then there's a big white light, kind of like how people describe heaven when they die or something like that. And there's like a big white light in the middle. And I'm kind of looking at it. And the, this is the best way I can explain to you. I knew that I, if I reached that light, that I'll start improving my life. But I couldn't get there. In my dream, I couldn't get from where I was to into mm-hmm. that light. And at the end of my trip, and I call it a trip, I don't know, vi- yeah, right. hallucination, whatever. Yeah. So at the, at the end of it, uh, I came to myself. So another version of me came to where I was in my dream, held out my hand to myself, and I told myself, I got you, let's go. And I grabbed okay. myself and I pushed, pulled myself towards the light, and I woke up from my for my trip uh, oh wow that's crazy You're right that's, so uh that's why i say that and just, just to share my experience you know it just uh for me no, that's that cool was, man it, it was like therapy man it was like um i think it made me ready to to kind of i you know i'm the only one that's going to get through this and i can do it and i'm going to do it on my own i'm going to do it by myself and you know yeah. this is not something that's going to end my life or this is not something where i'm just going to be sitting in a room for the rest of my life not be able to do anything i want to do Right. Yeah. Oh, something. Hopefully, somebody else. See, that's why. I, that's why I says it's it's an open platform, man. Because like somebody out there might be experiencing right now that feeling you were having, but right now, mm-hmm. and maybe mm-hmm. they listen to this right now, and maybe that helps them. You know. And that's that's the goal. So, that's the hope. Because I will say, um, you know, e- even though I'm on the other side of the mountain now, uh, every time I like listen to one of your episodes, or I'm on one of the RP groups and somebody's like you know saying how they achieved a goal or got something done it's so motivating oh my god like it is such a like even last night i was listening to one of your episodes and um, listened to a guy who lived in pakistan and you know he doesn't have the same kind of resources that we have over oh, here oh they don't no mm-hmm. uh, you know ada they don't have like you know just the medical stuff and a lot of things right i think dogs was and another thing over there too i think dog, they can't yeah, have they dogs have, i think right mm-hmm. yeah i think so 
So it's, uh, you know, but hearing him and kind of like, he had all the confidence in himself. Like, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Like when it yeah, gets no. difficult, yeah. you know, when it gets too difficult, I'll just keep, I'll readjust and I'll keep doing it. And I'm just thinking, I'm like, oh my God, like well, how much strength does, does that guy have? That's what know? it is, man. It's all about just, yeah. this is okay. Every stage it's always this obstacles in front of me. Like, or here's yeah. what I want to do. I can't do it. I can't go straight. So how can I get around this? Like, right. You know, there's that's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. Every tip, every stage, that's what it is. It's just, I want to do this. I know I could do it. I just have to do it differently. Mm-hmm. So how do I do it? And safely mm-hmm. or whatever, depending on whatever you're doing, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like me, I like doing like the Spartan races and things like that and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, but I think all those things help you also like train your eyes and, you know, keep your mm-hmm. reflexes fat. Like, like I want to be in shape because the same thing. I, I feel like if you take care of your body and all that stuff, it, it helps with all that so oh, yeah. you know um, fitness actually, is good you know uh for for everybody that has rp that's that's listening right now that may be in the same stage where i am or you are that you know where we still have some usable vision left um exercise for us especially uh when it comes to lower body cardio even upper body whatever it is it's so important for us because as you know we are the ones that step off of curb without seeing it twist oh, yeah. our ankle so you gotta we be run, ready right yeah right we run into a wall or last minute we have to kind of move our body to 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 yeah to avoid something yeah mm-hmm. right and even my o&m instructor and you know several other people that I've, I've talked to they told me like hey the people that have rp when they work out versus the people that don't have, have rp and don't work out the the amount of injuries that people get when they don't work out is so much more like oh yeah because almost, we're thinking about form we have to think about form even more Mm-hmm. like how we're running and uh like i'm you know i'm doing i do deadlifts at home and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff and oh yeah i gotta focus a lot more on making yeah, sure yeah. that i'm i'm more aware of my body mm-hmm. you know yeah yep than probably most people that's true mm-hmm. that makes sense and then you know uh, eventually you're gonna have your cane right and then you have a guide dog and you'll be carrying gear with you you're not just gonna walk i don't know yeah right i don't know, I don't know about you but i have a book bag now with me all the time you know that has my, my mom had a, my mom had a fanny pack i got a cool one i got a cool one i got uh one of the one of the companies that i use their um their supplements i got one i was like i was like sweet i was like i'll wear this yeah if i need it nope but you're right uh, so i mean uh martial arts is really good i use that i use that for balance so my like i don't have the balance issues i know a lot of people with rp have and i i i assume it's because of all my years doing martial arts Oh yeah. So oh, yeah. I think martial arts is good for that. I think people should do yoga. Oh yeah. You know, all that. So I think I think RP that I mean someone should do RP yoga. They like, should come up with it. <laughs> right. So and even like when you when you say the uh, when you talk about martial arts, uh, I did some martial arts in the Marine Corps. Oh, I say so I'm, fam- sure. I'm familiar yeah. with some of the techniques and you know kind of the whole uh the idea behind martial arts and how to use it. And it's it's much more than a physical thing, right? It's like a mental like you learn, learn so much discipline. Yeah. Uh, you learn how to control your emotions. You learn how to control your reactions to things. And when you have RP, you gotta, you have to be on top of your emotions. You gotta be on top of, you know, what's with your mental. Um, right. Because mm-hmm. if you, you have a physical disability already. So if, you know, if you let that affect your mental, then you're walking into whatever situation minus two already. Oh yeah. Uh, so, so but the mental also, is so important. But also it's okay to be not okay. As they say, 
So like, it's okay if you have a day where you walk into something mm-hmm. and you swear mm-hmm. <laughs> and you yell and you say, if I, if I walk into one more thing, I swear to God, <laughs> it's okay to have those days because we all do. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we've all people, had them. Because people look at you, you know, people, I always get like, I always get, you know, oh, Mike, you're so inspiring. And and it's like, and I, I, I love that. Don't get me wrong. It's cool. And I'm like, that's because that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm trying to inspire people. Um, but no, I want, I want people to know that. No, no, no. I drop F-bombs like, you know, crazy <laughs> sometimes at home when I, when I have a, as I say, and I don't know if you experienced a lot, you have RP days and then you have good vision days. Oh yeah. You, have, you know, you have those days where you're like, oh my God, I can go drive a car right now. This yeah. is how good I feel. Uh, then you have days where you're literally, you can't, you can't walk a foot without walking into something or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, mm-hmm. um, or you could just feel it. You could just be like, it's not going to be a good day. It's not going to be yeah. a good day. You know, you know I, okay. I've always, uh, those bad RP days or you know, good vision days. Um, I've been trying to figure out for a long time. What, like, what's the attributing factor uh, you know, I've done like little experiments with myself where I'm like, okay, let me not drink for a week, see how it is, or let me not, let me get eight hours of sleep every night for a week. I see think how it's it the is. moving. Of, I heard, I've heard it's the moving. Like your the RRP is always moving, like the cell things are moving, mm-hmm. and so sometimes, yeah, something just moves not, you know, in the wrong place, and mm-hmm. it's affecting it affects things. Then the next day you wake up, it's mm-hmm. now shifted again, and it could shift in a good way, and you're like, oh, yeah. okay, I feel really good. So it's just, I think it's. That or yeah, I do think sleep. I think you know, that's like the, most the, people. Sometimes I feel like every little thing affects my RP. Like I could drink water too fast and I'll start seeing like <laughs> a lot of a lot of like flashing lights. I'm like, like what's oh, going God, on? Water slower. <laughs> no, I think I think well, I mean, that's why I think it's always good. Nutrition is always important on top of the oh, yeah. fitness because I think all the vitamins, everything, you know, it all uh plays a plays a factor. I mean, I do a oh, intermittent fa- I do intermittent fasting. I do that like mm-hmm. five days. I do uh, five days on, two days off, and mm-hmm. I think I do it mostly for those factors for the uh, the healing, you know, fact, you know, mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So I think definitely how you take care of your body. I mean, think about think about a normally sighted person. If they're tired, what happens? Hard time seeing. Mm-hmm. You know, your eyes are tired. You know, like, like that's gonna affect you. Now right. you you factor in our eyes, and we're tired. Right. It's like a billion times worse. So it's our kryptonite, yeah. And we're already tired as it is because our eyes are working so hard. Mm-hmm. So the so the fitness is good. I was talking, thinking about this actually today. And I'm like, fitness and all and nutrition is really important as it is anyway for me because I have to get that. I have to keep my energy level even higher than a normal person because oh yeah, I'm I know my eyes are working like a like crazy. I know oh, yeah. I'm scanning a lot. I know like what I have to do. And that's probably why sometimes I get tired. I have to take naps and things like that. I listen to yeah. my body. It's like okay. I need a nap. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so now we have to be like, we almost have to get ourselves superhuman sometimes just to, oh, yeah. you know, kind of function really, you know? Yeah. Because and you know, uh, you touched on this, uh, you know, us having to scan all the time and be like hyper aware of our surroundings, um, you know, to, to, to draw a line to it. It's in the military, when we go out to combat, we're taught to be very detail-oriented, focus on everything going around you, have a good idea of everything going around you. And yes, we do that because we're in a dangerous situation. We're in combat. You know, we don't know where the enemy is coming from. Right. And uh, you do that for, you know, however many deployments you come back, you're going to have some sort of PTSD. You're going to have some sort of like, you know, anxiety or you know, for the most, most not everybody, but most people coming back, they'll have, you'll deal, deal with some sort of mental obstacle afterwards. 
because it's not normal for you to be that hyper aware all the time. You know, as humans, we're oh, not designed no. to be like that. Right, right. At all. Uh, you know, we, most, most of us, we operate better when we're real in a relaxed state of mind versus in a very hyper-focused state of mind. Um, so, and now with RP, you know, RP is getting to the point where I have to be that hyper aware and I've, I've been having to be like that for the last couple of years. And uh, it reminds me of a lot about being on deployment. So, um, you know, I'm still dealing with that struggle of overcoming that, you know, that tense feeling that I have in my body and having to remind myself, like, look, you're not here in a combat zone. No one's out here trying to kill you. Yeah, the wet floor yeah. sign might whack you in the knee. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you might walk into you a parking pole or something. Uh, oh, God. But, you know, it's not like a, you're not in, in that type of danger every day. And, oh, uh, and I think speed is the enemy of RP. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speed so that hyper that that because I have anxiety and I have to remind myself to, you know, chill mm -hmm. like and yeah, so it's like you have to slow down not mm -hmm. i always my friends always tell me i walk too fast and growing up and you know all that stuff so like mm -hmm. i have to remind myself that because that's that's dangerous the faster yeah. you go the less your the your brain can't keep up right like Ugh, and your eyes are like nope i don't know what's going on yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a lot of times uh, as you know our eyes are playing catch up to everything else you know our body's ready everything's yeah. ready we're, we're primed oh yeah because but... up, up here <laughs> up here up here you're like i'm you know i'm still you you're you're still mm -hmm. the guy who is you're still the marine mm -hmm. you know in your head you know your, your brain and you you you, you can still do all these things your brain mm -hmm. isn't disabled your brain doesn't right. have anything wrong with it it's, it's the eyes that are just you know failing so it's like you don't know that if those two guys could communicate better mm -hmm. <laughs> you know we might be a little better off <laughs> but yeah they, they don't they don't get it like i always would be like hey i'm you know i'm mike tubiak i'm the same you know mike tubiak i've always yeah. been but but yeah. you have to i just have to dial it back sometimes you know so a that, little bit i know i find myself in the same position sometimes like you know, you know when you rush like you know say you're leaving the house and you or you forget something and you're, you just, you, you go run back to grab something real quick. And then you, you walk into something real quick because, you know, you didn't take your time going back to get that. You, you, oh, you don't know. I know it. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> there, there's no such thing as rush. It's you rush to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anytime you rush, that's it. You're, 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 you're just caught. It doesn't matter. You can be in a place that you know so well, mm -hmm. you're going to find something you can walk into. <laughs> All the time. But, yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much. So for taking this time to be out on the day this this is awesome i think we uh yeah, Mike. we covered some good stuff yeah absolutely and, uh, and again man thank you so much for having me and the work you're doing out there you may not realize it but you're giving a lot of people strength confidence family members people that have rp you know loved ones uh you know keep doing what you're doing i love it thank you man thank you man really yeah. i appreciate that it means a lot to me yes sir so uh absolutely. i'll keep i will keep on trucking and you do the same yes sir <laughs> thank you michael enjoy the rest of your day you too thank and this has been another episode of Living Free with RP. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.